You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, oh man, happy Tuesday that feels like a Monday. Joining me today uh, to join y'all on this wonderful Tuesday that feels like a Monday, I got Dave, buddy, back from your travels. How we doing, man? It's good to see your face. Yeah, thanks, man. It's good to be back. Uh, immediately 40 degrees hotter here than in New York, so already ready to just stay indoors forever. Yeah, this is one of those weekends or was one of those weekends that I talk about moving back to the South that I don't think people down here fully appreciate or believe exists. It was legitimately in the 30s and 40s in Washington, D.C. this weekend. Here it was hot. So two weeks ago, 80 degrees there, 80 degrees here, 80 degrees in the Hamptons. Wherever you're at on the East Coast, you had a great weekend two or three weekends ago. If you spent the ungodly sum of money to get a shore house in the Jersey shore, in the Delaware shore, ocean city, Maryland, in the Hamptons, whatever you and your friends are putting together, your weekend this weekend sucked. I mean, I'm talking like Florida fan while the two guys are blocking each other on the field sucked like four and eight getting beat by a team that doesn't complete a pass sucked. However, the vast majority of our listeners are, uh, you know, kind of down here in the South. So I hope y'all had a great Memorial Day weekend. So Dave, let's let's go into Florida State sports now. We're we're recharged, the batteries are up, and and we're ready to rock. And heading into the weekend, probably the dumbest thing that's ever happened in Florida State sports, nay, in ACC sports happened, and that was the baseball tournament. If y'all weren't following Ooh. last week, which I, I'm pretty sure all of y'all probably were at least keeping your brain engaged on to some degree. You might have seen that Florida State went one and two, one and one against Duke on Wednesday and Miami on Friday. We lost to Duke. We beat Miami. Gosh. Now you may be asking yourself, Max, if we won our final game by a score of what, like nine to five, why did we not advance? It's a good question, listener. It's a very good question. The reason is because the ACC sat down and they concocted possibly the stupidest format ever for a baseball tournament. Tough to call it a format. Tough to call it a format. Dave, do you think if I had given you $100,000 to think of a dumber format, that couldn't be like, you know, just, oh, whoever loses like goes to the next round. Do you think you could come up with one? See, I was going to say you could play tic-tac-toe to see who advances, but that would actually make more sense to me. Yeah, this is, folks, I'm not, this is not Max's typical hyperbole when I say the format for deciding advancement in this tournament was dumber. And I mean that in every sense of the word. I feel like I can hear my mother's voice. Don't use the word dumb because, you know, things can't be dumb. No, this thing was dumb. The people that thought of it were dumb. The people that enacted it were dumb. And the result of it was dumb. This was dumber than having three hillbilly coaches in the middle of West Texas meet at a freaking gas station and do a two-for-one coin toss to decide who went to the next round of the playoffs like they did in Friday Night Lights. This was literally worse than that, and that was one of the dumbest things ever in sports cinema. And this isn't just because 
predictably and ended up screwing over Florida State, as the ACC loves to do. Max, would you like to explain to the listener what this, quote, format, end quote, was? So, yeah, um, I think a lot of y'all probably have some degree of respect for me or or you at least like to laugh along. I don't really know, but uh, I hope I don't lose it here trying to explain this format because I'm going to get worked up. I'm going to get frustrated. And when my daughter gets like this, I tell her to take a breath, smell the flowers, blow out the candle. It's not going to happen in the next 45 seconds. So here's the format that the crack team of experts at the ACC headquarters decided to think of for a baseball tournament. Now, why do I say a baseball tournament? Because folks, you got to think about baseball. It is the highest variance sport in the major sports. That's why you play 162 games in the big leagues. That's why even at the college level, you know, in a normal season, you play like 60 some odd games. That's why you play three game series. And that's why even in like the world series, it's not single elimination. You don't do single elimination in baseball. It makes no damn sense. But here's the thing. Had they done just regular single elimination, I'd give them a pass. I'd give them a pass. I'd be like Brad in Wolf of Wall Street. Jonah Hill, you get a pass over here. Yeah, and then I'd probably punch him in the face like Brad did as well. But I'd right. at least give him a pass. Here's what they concocted. They decided... Let's take our 15 teams, 14 plus Notre Dame, because it's a non-hockey, non-football sport. And let's put them into three pods of five. Five pods of three. Math's hard, but whatever. Five pods, three teams each. And before we do that, let's seed them one through 15. That's a good, that's, that's a, that sounds good so far. So we're going to seed them. What do you think, Dave? Should we have a seeding meeting like we do for tournaments? Um, or should we do it based on conference record? Or should we do it by some... Some third criteria. I have an idea. What if we arbitrarily based it on just like season win percentage or something like that? That's going to piss the fans off. Brilliant. So that's exactly what the hmm. ACC folks thought about. So when they decide we're going to do th five pods of three teams, they then decided we're going to seed everyone based on regular season win percentage, not conference, no head to head criteria, purely regular season win percentage well why does that matter because your Knowles were 20 and 16 the miami hurricanes were 20 and 15 mm. no math is a pain in the butt i used a calculator point is that makes miami having the same number of wins but one less loss a higher seed or lower depending on you know a better seed than florida state now max but wait didn't we beat the hell out of miami in the regular season we did we did. So yeah, they decided to take that different win percentage and give Miami the seating. And you're right. We did beat them in the regular season by a margin, by a margin, David, of 34 to two. <laughs> it oh. wasn't like when Auburn pulled a kick six against Alabama and they got to the championship because of the BCS or whatever. 34 to three folks for those counting at home. Move the decimal of 34 one place to the left. Pull a Louie with the decimal. You get 3.4. That means Miami did not even score 10% of the runs against us that we scored against them. But because of, because of one lousy f***ing loss, not against conference teams, we're not even talking against pick a f***ing team. Literally just pick any of our f***ing random losses. We're sitting over here because of that one loss. Just by beating them three times. They're seated above us. Now, you may think, Max, why are you so worked up? Why do you care? Why do you? What's one seed? They're the four seed. We're the five seed. So we get to play them head to head, right? 
Wrong. 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 Here's the format that got concocted. Let's, I know there's a lot of words here, folks, so let's recap how we've gotten to this point. 15 teams in the conference, seeded 1 through 15 based on regular season, full season win percentage, divided into pods of three. It's us, Duke, Miami, and one pod. Miami's the four seed. We're the five seed. Duke's the 12 seed. Keep in mind, baseball, lots of variants. One game, not the best judge. Beating a team 34 to three over three games should be judged, but that, that we decided to say, screw that. So now we play Duke. We lose. Bummer. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Should have beat them, but we lost. We oh, that's, wait, that, that's got to be okay though, right? Because if we go and then beat Miami, everything should be fine. One would think, David. One would mm-hmm. think. But here's what the geniuses up in shitville thought of. We're just going to let you play that second game because mm-hmm. why not? A game in which we went on to beat Miami 6-3. to three. But now you've got a 1-1, 1-1, 1-1 tie. All three teams have won one and have lost one. So you might be thinking, well, let's see. Max said it was 6-3. to three. Before that, it was 34-3. to three. So the margin is 40-6. to six. Florida State against Miami, four games, three in the regular season, one in the very tournament that we're discussing who should advance in. Should we consider that, David? Um, I don't know. It is the ACC, so I would say flip a coin. In the words of the great league Corso, ah, f*** it. They just decided, lower seed goes, everybody in that pod's tied one-to-one. These three teams all played each other, beat each other, whatever. We're just going to send the lowest seed. That, again, was decided by regular season total win percentage in which we had one more loss, not one less win, same number of wins, one more loss than Miami. So after kicking Miami's teeth in yet again and beating them by a margin of 40-6, to in the entire across the season. And again, in this tournament that we're talking about the tournament in which we're discussing who should advance Miami advances. And the ACC once again is an absolute clown show of a conference. So thanks for playing ACC. Uh, and you know, f- you very much. We got to go to a break. Oh man. Okay. I'm worked up. So Dave, I'm going to let you talk about something you're uh, you're pretty happy about. Why don't you tell the folks uh, what came in your mailbox this week? Yeah, so in my mailbox this week, I got uh, me a nice chef's knife from Made In. And let me tell you, this, I'm not just saying this because I got a chef's knife from Made In. I'm saying this because it's a really damn nice knife. Uh, I've had other, I've had other knives. I've had knives that have cost more money. This thing is sharp. This thing's easy to hold. This thing cuts, which you want a knife to do. But it's just really good stuff. And I can vouch for that having personally used it now. Yeah, you know, I would kind of normally laugh at you for saying a knife needs to cut. But, you know, we just went over how apparently a bunch of officials whose job is to run an athletic conference doesn't think that criteria should be for advancing should be proving that you're better at the sport. So, hey, it's good that the knife cuts. Uh, Yeah, they've got a lot of great stuff, folks. Really good price points. So go to madein.com. That's M-A-D-E. I N cookware, sorry, made in cookware, M A D E I N cookware.com slash locked on use promo code locked on get 15% off your first order. Uh, I've actually, I'm going to, I ordered the, uh, the skillet, the, um, the frying pan deal. Cause I actually need one. Cause my last one, I had the Rachel Ray stuff. It just got so scratched up over time. So I'm excited to get that Dave vouchers for the knife. I'll let y'all know how the pan is again, made in cookware.com slash locked on. And just a tip, if y'all are ever in sales, this is a good example of like good sales practices, right? Like send the people you want to advertise for you some product so they use it. 
Um, and they actually, you know, can vouch for it. Kind of like, you know, with made in cookware built bar, which we'll obviously get to built bars later. And another one that I can vouch for is uh, our boys at rockauto.com title sponsor today. Super easy to navigate, super easy to use, extremely affordable folks. Just go to rockauto.com for any of the simple stuff that you could take care of yourself on, on your car, headlights, taillights, um, interior stuff. Look, if you're a little more advanced, they've got every part you could possibly need. So if you're replacing water pumps and alternators and things like that, check them out. Rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. Uh, get a great price now. Get the right part to your door within a couple of days. And, you know, thank me later. Oh, man, that was whirlwind. That was a whirlwind. Uh, that folks, got out of hand fast. Yeah. I mean, gosh, folks, I would like to take a moment if you made it through that first segment, you're still listening to apologize to absolutely no one, right? To absolutely no one, because it's a ridiculous format and we're not going to get worked up about it again. I promise. But also come on anyway, let whatever, what y'all need to know is we are going to the regional, the way the, uh, the way the baseball tournament works at the NCAA level, it's a little odd. Um, it's it's one 64 team tournament but they call it three things so there's regionals there's super regionals and then there's the college world series now the reason they divide it up into these um you know more i guess siloed rounds is because the format is a little different so what's going to happen is we're going to go to oxford mississippi and the way it's going to work is the three of us will play a double elimination tournament so what does that look like well First two teams will play. So we're a three seed. So we're going to play the Southern Miss Eagles uh, and then Southeast Missouri State. I'm just going to call them SMS. I'm going to call them the text messages. So the text messages are going to play Ole Miss. So the winners will play each other and the losers will play each other. In that losers game, the winner of that one will advance the loser. Two losses, they're out. Then the two winners will play each other. It might happen congruently. I don't I don't know what – but. Bear with me here. The two folks. teams with one loss will play the each two other. Two teams with no, the two teams with zero losses will play each other. And then the okay. loser of that will go play the other team that is now one and one. So you've got the two yeah. one and ones play each other. Then the team that is now two and one that wins that game will play the the winner's bracket champion who is now two and zero. Oh. And if the team with the one loss is to wins that game, you'll now have two teams at two and one, and they will have to play again in a sudden death winner take all sort of matchup. If the team that's two and zero beats the team that's two and one, the team that's two and one is immediately out. They now have two losses. The three and zero team advances. That's that's why they silo these these rounds so much is because that's one format, and then we go into a second format. So of sixty four teams, sixteen teams will advance from the regional round into eight super regionals. Those super regionals are very simple. They are head to head three game series best two out of three from those super regionals advance to the college world series. Uh, so you get what eight teams, eight. Headed in, yeah. eight teams headed into the college world series in which you will again, play a double elimination tournament. It looks a little different. And I think without be- me being able to draw it for y'all, I'm sorry if the, if I'm, if I don't explain this well, but essentially there are two brackets. There's a winner's bracket. All eight teams start in there. When you lose, you go down to the loser's bracket. Then at the end of all the chaos, right, if you get your second loss in the loser's bracket, you're out. If you advance in the winner's bracket, then lose. You go down to the loser's bracket. At the end of all of that, you'll have two teams left standing, a one-loss winner of the loser's bracket, 
sounds a little weird, but bear with me. And you'll have an undefeated winner of the winner's bracket. Those two will then face off in effectively a best of three series in which the winner of the loser's bracket has one loss already. So same deal as the regional. They play. If the loser's bracket champion beats the winner's bracket champion, they immediately go play a second, not immediately, but you next day or whatever. They will go play. All right, cue them back up. Um, that's baseball. Letter. baseball. Uh, right. So anyway, so they'll, they'll go play each other again, winner take all. If the winner's bracket champion, they win that first game against the loser's bracket champion, boom, college world series is over. Put a fork in it. You got your champion. Yeah, but good news for Florida State, I think here, is where we were sent, right? And, you know, I mentioned this after the ACC tournament issue happened. I said, damn it, now we're not going to host a regional. Turns out, I think, even though we didn't get to, it could have been worse, right? We could have been sent to Gainesville. And as much as I love beating up on the Gators, I would much rather not be sent to Gainesville to play Florida in a regional. Yeah, I completely agree, dude. I'm... There, there's one team you don't want to play with home field advantage in a regional, and that's your rival at their home field. It's just that crowd would be more electric. I assume Gainesville is allowing 100% capacity for this regional, I, I would guess, based on the rest oh, of Florida. COVID, COVID didn't make it to Florida. Uh, no, to exactly. Right. Back-to-back COVID champs. Uh, anyway, so we're not going to get into that. But, yeah, it's just a place you don't want to go. So I, I like the pairing. I'm fine with going to Oxford. There's really no – there's not going to be any more bad blood between us and Ole Miss, like in the sense that their fans will go any crazier than they already would go. So I'm not right. like, look, folks in a regional and college baseball, they're hosted at home stadiums as of the super regionals. You're always having to play at a home field against a home field advantage. If you don't host, I'm not too scared of Oxford, Mississippi. I'm not saying we're going to win the regional. I'm just saying like, it's as hard as any other potential site, in my opinion. Now, as a premier journalist, I'm going to tell you that I know nothing about Ole Miss baseball, tech, text message baseball, or Southern Miss baseball. I just know that I like our pitching. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we're going to do some more research as the week as the week drudges on, folks. But your Knowles made it to the postseason. That's what's important. And, uh, you, know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll look for the first game Friday, 3 p.m. Check it out. We'll, we'll give you plenty of info before then. Speaking of plenty of info, if you haven't gotten plenty of info on these yet, folks, Built Bars, what else do I need to tell you? They're great. They're delicious. It's it's honestly replaced the candy bar as my favorite sixth hole snack on the golf course. Um, played, a little, played a little golf last week, uh, three rounds, had two really good ones. Back was done for the third one. Stinks. But you know what didn't stink was the Built Bar. Put it in the cooler. It stayed nice and fresh. Had a little peanut butter brownie treat, 17, or I guess that one has 18 grams of protein. Only five grams of carbs kept me slim. The beverages I was drinking, they didn't help, but at least I only had five grams of carbs in my snack. So check out BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Get yourself 15% off. If you're feeling crazy, go for the variety pack. If you're feeling like me and you already think, hey, that Max guy's a great salesman. I just want peanut butter brownie. Well, you can just hit that too, and uh, they come highly recommended by yours truly. Also, I think uh, Drake said the Cherry Barcia is his favorite, so feel free to check that out. All right, so we're kicking y'all's Tuesday off with a lot of fire, a lot of brimstone, and that makes me think of my favorite Baptist preacher, Mike Norvell. That's right. Yep. Goatee Mike, light beard Mike, whatever facial hair he's rocking mm-hmm. these days, guys – 
he is an absolute psychopath. I mean, this man, this man, he's a lunatic. You know, there's some people that think, how can we do what we're doing better, right? Like those are the people that decided, hey, what if we cut a little hole in the side of the ship and we stuck the rod through that, right? Or, you know, what if we got horses and we bred them to make them a little bigger and a little stronger. And then you had the guy that's like, what if we made the contraption that ran along these tracks and we blew up some holes in some mountains and stuck the tracks through that. And then we could find like a whole different coast to this continent. And like, we could sail from there to, to Asia on, on ships that are powered by steam. What steam you'll see. There's those types of people. And that is what we have in Mike Norvell. So we've talked about this extensively, but we know y'all have like real stuff to fill your heads with unlike us. And, you know, it may have slipped out. So quick recap for the last year and a half uh, we've been in a recruiting dead period. There's been communication with recruits. There's been this tangential situation. Um, I believe they've been allowed to communicate virtually to some degree. I don't know what the exact rules of the modified dead period were. What I do know is that uh, they weren't able to have recruits on campus officially again, you can do unofficial visits. You cannot stop a citizen of the United States of America from going on to a public college campus if that young man or woman chooses to for purposes of evaluating their future opportunities. Uh, but when they're there, the coaches, you can control whether or not the coaches are allowed to talk to them, whether they're allowed in the locker rooms to put on the, the outfits and take pictures with the gloves and, and do all that. Now, guys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, Young people who I really hope, if you're under a certain age, you did not listen to that segment too intently. And if your children are in the car, kids, don't be like me when you grow up. Practice diffusement and anger management. Or just get a podcast and get to scream about stuff that pisses you off. I don't know. But listen to your Makes parents. Makes you feel better. Anyway, dead period ends June 1st. As you're listening to this, on Tuesday, the dead period is now over. And you may think that's great, Max. That's great. Dave, what would you do if you were a coach and the dead period was ending tomorrow? Well, you know, I'd probably set some stuff up for, I don't know, later in the day, have a nice little gathering in the evening. Right. Right. You probably have a list of kids and, you know, you're going to you're going to wake up maybe even a little early and maybe text them before school or maybe, you know, maybe call them at lunch, you know, or see, hey, dead period ends on Tuesday. Who can we get here? Maybe Friday or maybe even Thursday. Well, that's not good enough for Mike Norvell. That's not good enough for Kenny Dillingham. That's not good enough for anybody on this staff. This staff is allegedly, and we'll report this on Wednesday's episode, because as you're hearing this on Tuesday, we're recording Monday, and I can't give you all the details from our sources, but they are hosting an event at midnight. Yeah. Yeah, midnight. And you may think, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But guys, these aren't their kids on Christmas Eve. They are literally <laughs> convincing high school kids to drive to Tallahassee or fly or, you know, whatever, apparate, however they get here. Uh, Travis Hunter is basically a wizard. So he probably just, you know, boom, comes to the fireplace like in Harry right. Potter. They've got these kids literally in Tallahassee right now circling like a bunch of dudes in a frat house when the pregame starts at 10 just waiting for midnight and then boom, they're going to hit them with some surprises. These kids are being told to meet them at the Moore center. I believe at midnight, we don't know what's going to happen. What we do know is we've got 50 visits. It's not going to be just a one day thing. We've got 50 visits official and otherwise 
lined up for the next like week and a half. So it's going to be a huge week in recruiting. This staff is innovative. They are, uh, they are cunning. They are other adjectives that mean that they're probably going to be pretty damn good at their job. And I, for one, am excited. I mean, Dave, when you heard this news, what, what does this do to your feelings about the staff? It, it confirmed for me some of the more envelope pushing things we heard about Mike Norvell. We heard that, you know, I mean, at Memphis, he was pretty good at pushing the envelope. And that's something that we had wanted to see at Florida State. Obviously, we were worried about Mike Norvell's recruiting, having not been a Florida guy, not having a lot of Florida guys on staff. And you're telling me the moment the dead period ends, Mike Norvell is saying, screw it, let's just have a giant party in Tallahassee. I love it. I love it too, man. And I think you got to think through the mindset of a recruit, right? Like, what does it say to a recruit when they know the dead period's ending and one staff, A, A has the infrastructure to get these messages to the kids, like to really, you know, hype it up enough and, you know, at the same time, not getting any trouble with compliance stuff. And B just has the, the, what would we say? The proactiveness, the gumption to sort of be like, Hey, I know all these other schools want to talk to you on June 1st. We want you here at midnight, like 1201. We got something to show you. That's a compelling pitch. It shows we have a staff that's planning. It's a staff that's not going to waste time. It's a staff that is going after what they want. I love it. You know, we're looking at their greater recruiting strategy, Dave. And I think, I think I was a little critical last week with Drake, not critical. I just gave an alternative viewpoint of, Hey, should we be a little, little worried about all of this summer recruiting, like all these visits before the season even starts. And I, I want your take on it because I think my thoughts have evolved, but what are your thoughts on just, just them, them doing so many of these officials and so much recruiting before the season even starts and, and toes even hit leather in Doe Campbell? Well, remember, one of the big problems when Mike Norvell came in was he came in year zero during a COVID year and didn't really have a chance to put uh, he didn't really have a, a fair shake, so to speak, coming right at coming right into the program and how aggressive he's being in recruiting should first and foremost, if, if you're if you're a person who's looking to become a booster or who's on the, or who is a booster and is frustrated. You haven't won anything in more than a half decade. You should be pretty encouraged by the fact the coaching staff is trying to make immediate changes. They're not saying, Oh, three years from now, maybe we'll be better at recruiting. No, they're, they're actually doing it right now as we speak. And I mean, we'll see what this turns into. Hopefully this turns into bunch of five stars committing to Florida state and this being that LaMarcus joiner, Jeff luck class, but they're doing the things that the coaching staff should be doing. And that should be encouraging to you as a fan. That's absolutely right. I think when we had Ingram Smith on from the null cast, and if you haven't had a chance, go back, listen to our interview with him and give the null cast a listen this week. Uh, it's once a week for about an hour. You know, we're a daily, we say satiate that daily need for Florida state sports Check them out once a week too. Great friends of ours at the Noel cast. Love those guys. You know, he kind of made the point, and I, I don't remember if this was in the interview or kind of off camera, but it's nothing bad of just like, you know, we're all a little nervous about how many kids we're trying to get to this Notre Dame game, how hyped up this Notre Dame game is going to be, you know, what happens if we lose? Well, sure. 
but do you want a staff that thinks like that and doesn't try? I, I think there is fair criticism of Willie Taggart's staff, not to beat that dead horse, but there is fair criticism of they had a just utter and complete lack of self-awareness. I think the difference is with all these visits being lined up, all the kids were trying to get in for Notre Dame weekend. We're not just number hunting. Like it's not, we don't have the top 10 in the ESPN 500 coming on campus. These are all kids we reasonably with are within our reach that we could yeah. get if we do it right. So I think it would be foolish for them not to take on this blitz. I think too, a big concern with Mike Norvell, like you said, was year zero COVID year. That was 2020 that the 2020 class was done. So we were thinking 2021. Yeah. We were also thinking 2022. Well, 2023 was already in play. I mean, those kids were freshmen and like, we know how long-term recruiting relationships have to be nowadays. So I, I think it's a great idea. Look, get these kids in here, get them on campus, get your commitments lined up before the season starts, who you don't get, you can fill with transfers. And now you can really focus on 2023 because in my opinion, Mike Norbell's not going anywhere. We don't have the money to kick him out. I think that 2023 class will be his 2009 class, right? Because Jimbo is here at, as the head coach in waiting, offensive coordinator, 07. 08, we bounced back a little. 09, it was like not a great year. We had that inexplicable sending Bobby off. But Dave, you pointed this out when I paused to look this up. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give you the credit for this, but I'm, I'm going to say it because it's flowing. Jimbo had a clause in his contract where we owed him 5 million bucks if we didn't make him head coach by 2011, January 11. So uh, Bobby could have stuck around for one year, but I think the boosters were ready and they looked at seven and six, six and six in the regular season. At that time, we'd never missed a bowl game, you know, we had, but Mm, it'd been 30 some odd years. And I think they said, look, we need, we need something to keep our confidence in. And here comes Jimbo's 2009 class. And it's like, this was pre-early signing period era. And it was like, look, you got to make me the head coach. I got these kids lined up. So uh, it was more of a carrot and stick type thing. Jimbo was using the carrot approach of you got to make me head coach. I think Norvell, it's going to be more, look, even if we don't have the best 2021, but we show improvement. And then in 2022, we show more improvement. He can look at these guys and say, after that season, say, look what I've got lined up in 2023. All right. I salvaged the 2020 class, got a lot of transfers who are now gone. I had a pretty good 2021 class. It looks like we're probably going to finish in the top three or four of the ACC. If I had to guess Um, the rankings will be a bit skewed because we will be able to bring in a lot more people than a lot of these schools because of the way COVID scholarship stuff, 2022, Okay, still improved, still had a pretty good class. But if he can hit a home run, a LaMarcus Joyner type, EJ Manuel, those dudes from 09 in 2023. And I know it sounds like forever from now, guys, but that's it's really not that long. I mean, we're talking two recruiting classes from now. I really think that that could get him the extension and that could be when we really set up to go nuclear. So I like this idea of like, hey, let's lock down 2022 before the season even starts, focus on on the field progress and focus on getting 2023 lined up. Yeah, and don't forget between now and then, we have an inherent advantage over a lot of schools in the country, which is the NIL stuff. And again, love that we've been pushing that like we have. So combine that with the just go ahead and hit a home run right as the dead period ends good energy right now no absolutely man absolutely and again we're doing this at midnight so we will have more reporting on this for y'all tomorrow 
I hope y'all have a great Tuesday that feels like a Monday. Don't know why I latched onto that phrase, but welcome to attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Uh, just, you know, you just follow the serotonin wherever it goes to the flavors of fruit. And I'm quoting a tricks commercial now. So with that, we're going to wrap it up for locked on Seminoles. You had Dave and you had me, Max. Sorry, I got a little angry, but I appreciate y'all support no matter what. Tomorrow will be a better day. Hope you have a phenomenal Tuesday. Make sure you follow us on Apple Pods, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to us right now. Don't be afraid to throw out a review. All I ask is that if you're going to review us right now, look at the body of work, not just how I made you feel today. I hope it was cathartic. But if it, you know, I understand sometimes anger on a Tuesday morning. Anyway, I'm done. I'm Max. We had Dave locked on Seminoles. We'll catch you tomorrow every single day. We love you. Goodbye. Don't old and empty.